Welcome back to Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. And on today, we are going to continue our journey through the book of Philippians. We're going to start with chapter three, the joy of knowing Christ. Paul starts this chapter out repeating statements that he has written before. But first, he encourages the saints to be glad in God. Paul makes it clear that it is no problem writing the same thing to the church again. You know, I believe that we all need reminders along the way since the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we, as saints, forget the power that we have on the inside of us and we forget the word of God, which clearly states that we have power over the enemy. Now, writing the same thing again will help you be more ready, is what Paul is telling the church. It is a safeguard. It is a protection. Paul reminds the saints to watch out for evildoers like, uh, we, who are like dogs, as a matter of fact. Paul calls them dogs in the scripture. Can you imagine? Who demands the cutting of the body, which is mutilation, to gain salvation. This is in reference to the Judaizers. We talked about the Judaizers in the first episode. Who demanded the circumcision of the Gentile believers. You know, Gentiles weren't circumcised. It was the Israelites that were circumcised. And God gave that commandment to the Israelites. But these Judaizers, which they are legalists, um, they hang on to the Mosaic law as though um, <laughs> there's nothing else but that. And they demanded that the, the Gentile believers, because Jesus Christ you know, went to the Gentiles as well. It's not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as, as well, which most of us are. We are Gentiles that are listening to this podcast. And if there are Jews there that are listening, God bless you. Because we know that the Jews did not consider Jesus uh, as the son of God. So we thank you for listening if you are Jewish. Um, but we are Gentiles and we are Gentile believers. And the Judaizers, they demanded that the Gentile believers to be circumcised. They claimed that the sign of circumcision was necessary for salvation. You know, Paul addressed this, this same issue in the book of Romans and in First Corinthians. So this was an issue in, in Paul's day, the issue about circumcision, circumc circumcision, <laughs> if the Gentiles had to be circumcised, which they did not. Why? And we're going to talk about that because God is concerned with the circumcision of the heart. So it must have been a great issue in the day of Paul. And Paul does not want the church at Philippi to have this same mindset. He has touched on the mindset they should have. And this is not it. Listen, we are supposed to have the mindset of Christ. The greatest grief that Paul had uh, from uh, for himself were from those who distorted the gospel. Paul 
Paul was grieved in his spirit when when uh, people begin to distort the gospel of Jesus Christ and he loved his love for Christ and the gospel was so strong to the point of him calling the Judaizers dogs and evildoers. So he began to call the people dogs, you know, he began to feel some type of way. If we can say it in words today, Paul felt some type of way about how the Judaizers were distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the people did not have to be circumcised. That was for the Jews. It was their, uh, a covenant with God to be circumcised. The Gentiles did not have to be circumcised. The circumcision in which we're going to talk about, you know, um, we are the ones who are truly circumcised. Paul began to talk. Well, I'm going to go down to the next scripture. Circumcision in the heart is what God is looking for. When sin and evil when they are cut away from the heart, when they are cut away from your life, that is what God is looking for from us today. Circumcision of the heart, not in the flesh, not mutilation of the flesh. We worship God in the spirit and we boast in Jesus Christ. We do not put trust in ourselves or anything we can do, our human effort. However, if anyone thinks he has a reason to rely on his human abilities, Paul began to say, I have greater reason. And this is where Paul begins to tell a bit of his testimony. He begins to list out six things as reasons why he feel like he is greater Yes, that he feel like he's greater uh, to trust in his own flesh. What did he say? Number one, Paul said he was circumcised the eighth, eighth day according to the law of God. According to the law in Genesis 17 and verse 12, all boys were supposed to be circumcised on the eighth day after birth. Paul said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. He is an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. So Paul was a true Israelite. He came from the Benjamin tribe, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes, Paul was a part of that tribe of Benjamin. He was one of the 12. He came from one of the 12. So Paul, he said, I can boast. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from the tribe. I'm, I am an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. He said he and his parents are Hebrews, Hebrews of Hebrews, through and through. Yes, a true Hebrew. Paul said, I am a true Hebrew. And you may have heard the statement before, I am a Baptist and I will die Baptist, born a Baptist, die Baptist, or whatever, or whatever religion that you are. I'm a, let's see, I was born a Protestant and I'm a die Protestant. I was born a Buddhist and I'm a die Buddhist. Whatever, that, that is a statement that's made in the world today. Or, or say, um, football team, sports. You know, I was, I'm, I'm a, I don't know. I'm a Miami Heat and I'm going to die a Miami Heat. 
<laughs> That's funny to me. <laughs> okay, let's let's get serious here. Okay, so this statement tells us that this person is what they believe and nothing can change that. Therefore, Paul is stating he is a Hebrew according to birth and according to his beliefs. So that's three things. He said with regards to the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, Paul began to say, I am a Pharisee. The Pharisees, they strictly followed the Old Testament law and they expanded on it and met with many more traditions. So he obeyed the law beyond what was originally required. So Paul began to say, I am a Pharisee according to the Mosaic law. He said, with zeal, if you want to talk about zeal and religion, he said, I persecuted the church. I persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, Paul did these things. He drug them out their house so they can be persecuted. Yes, Paul did these things when he was named Saul. Remember we talked about how Jesus met him? Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and basically kicked him off of his horse and said, Listen here, boy, <laughs> you're going to serve me. Those are Sister Addie Cat's words. But yes, Paul said that concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. And he said when it came to obedience, to righteousness of the Mosaic law, of the law of Moses, Paul said he was perfect. Yes. So if anybody want to boast, <laughs> anybody want to have some pride, let me just go down and tell you my testimony. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I am a Pharisee. I persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. And I am perfect when it comes to the Mosaic law. Yeah, Paul ran it down. He said, if you, want, if you think <laughs> that you can trust in yourself, just listen to what I have to say. These are the things Paul valued before knowing Jesus Christ. Listen to that. These are the things that he valued before he met Jesus. Before he truly knew Jesus Christ. Before Jesus knocked him off of his horse. Literally knocked him off of his horse on the road to Damascus. When his name was Saul. And his name was changed to Paul, one of the greatest apostles of all time. One of the greatest men that served God. Paul never walked with Jesus Christ. He was not one of the original apostles. Jesus had to basically manhandle him. Yes, that's what I said. Jesus had to basically manhandle him. Those are my words. And when he began to know Jesus, he became basically the greatest of the apostles. Listen, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Can you hear me? Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Yes, and he never walked with Jesus Christ. But because of what God had already put on the inside of him. 
Yes, he had some pride. He had to deal with that pride. But then he switched that pride of who he was and the things that he accomplished. He switched that pride over to the love of Jesus Christ. He, uh, he turned in that pride. He turned it in and he took on humility. That's what he's telling us here in this book. Turn in that pride and trade it for humility just as Paul did. These are the things that Paul valued before knowing Jesus Christ. After coming into fellowship with Christ, Paul identified these things as worthless. So all that list that we just read about his zeal and his obedience and his obeying the law and being a Pharisee and a Hebrew of Hebrews and just carrying on. Paul identified these things, as, these things as being worthless after he met Christ. Not only the list above, but everything is considered pointless. Why? Because of the tremendous value of knowing Jesus Christ. Yes, Paul counted it all as dung. That's what the King James Version says. He counted all things as dung just to know Jesus Christ, the fellowship in his suffering, to know the excellency of Jesus' suffering. These verses show us that the Apostle Paul's heart, show us his heart and his essence or the essence of his faith. Paul's greatest desire was to have a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, to experience a personal fellowship in a greater measure. Paul wanted to know Jesus even the more. He wanted that personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. Have you ever read the story about um, David and Jonathan? Back in the Old Testament, the relationship that they had, it was intimate. It was personal. They had a close relationship. So close till when, after the death of Saul and his son, sons, because Jonathan was a son of Saul, the king Saul. Now, we're, talking, we're not talking about Paul. We're talking about the king Saul back in the Old Testament. The uh, king Saul that tried to kill David because David God rejected Saul because why because he was disobedient he did not do what God told him to do he had some pride there you know God picked him to be the king but he had a little bit of pride there and he was disobedient to what God told him to do so therefore God rejected him and he put David in his place so Saul wanted to kill David. Yes, he did. And guess what? God also sent a spirit to torment Saul. And David had to play music to soothe Saul when he was tormented by that spirit. Can you, can you imagine that? This man trying to kill you. <laughs> but anyway, I'm getting off onto another uh, topic, another conversation. But anyway... These verses show us the apostle's heart and the essence of his faith. 
His greatest desire was to have a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, to experience a personal fellowship in a greater, greater measure. Because of Jesus, Paul states that he has lost all of those things, the list above that we just talked about. Paul lost all of those things because of Jesus, and now he considers them garbage. This is so that he may gain Christ and be united with him. Yes, Paul considers all of that prideful stuff that we just talked about in the list above. He considered it to be garbage now. His, his, his name as a, being a Pharisee, that was garbage. Uh, his Hebrew of the Hebrew statement, that was garbage. His, uh, I'm, a, I'm born an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin, that's garbage. You know, persecuting the church. Yeah, most likely repent of that. But, you know, that's considered. But the pride is what is garbage. The pride that he had when he persecuted the church. That's garbage. Yeah. Paul considers all of that garbage. Why? He wants to gain Christ and he wants to be united with him. Paul realizes that now he is right with God because beforehand, Paul thought he was actually doing what was right. Paul thought he was doing what was right, going into people's houses and pulling them out because they considered themselves Christians, pulling them out to be crucified. Paul stood as Stephen, the man of God, was stoned to death. Those that stoned him, Paul watched over their cloaks. You know, they took off their cloaks, their jackets, so they can really get a good throw at Stephen. And Paul stood there with their cloaks at his feet and watched them stone Stephen to death, the man of God. Yeah, Paul did that. He did that when he was Saul, though. <laughs> That's why I say Jesus had to manhandle him and get him on the right path because Paul thought he was doing what was right. He was he was adamant about the Mosaic law and he felt like they were doing wrong. They were coming up against the law of Moses being a Christian. That was just not right. We can say in today, we can say we're Christians and we're looking at, say, atheists. And we go drag an atheist out of his home and have them crucified because they don't believe in Christianity. If you want to bring it down to, you know, a way that we can look at it today. Or we can say we, uh, you know, go in somebody, a new age person, we a witch. Ah. We're going to go into that witch house and burn her at the stake as they did in the old days. That is what Paul did. And he thought he was doing right. But now, I don't want to get on a conversation about the witch, but I'm doing that. That was right because God said in the Old Testament, you can look it up for yourself. He said, suffer not a witch live. But we're going to carry on. So Paul realized that now he is right with God, not because of the law, which he followed precisely 
Paul followed the law precisely and not because of his own righteousness, but because of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Paul wanted to know Christ in the power that raised him from the dead, which is the Holy Spirit. Can we know the same power? Of course we can. If the Holy Spirit abides in us, this is, of course, a greater and a higher level of spirituality. But yeah, Paul said he wanted to know, you know, he wanted to know uh, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He wanted he wanted some of that. He wanted to be acquainted with the power that raised Jesus from the dead. If we can go on, Paul wanted to share in Christ's suffering by self-denial and become like him in his death. He wanted to become like Jesus in his death. Why? Because he hoped that one day, one way or another, that he would experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul wanted to live again. That's why he said, I wanted to know the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Why? Because I want to be raised from the dead. I want to live again just as Jesus lived again. That's how much Paul loved Jesus Christ. That's how much he desired the people at Philippi to live or to love Jesus Christ. And that's how his words are speaking to us today. For us to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. What raised him from the dead? What was that power? What was that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead? Well, that power was the Holy Spirit. Yes, and guess what? When Jesus went to heaven after he was resurrected from the dead, Jesus sent back the Holy Spirit. Yes, he did. He said that I will not leave you comfortless because the disciples were worried. They were they were they were uh, uh, they were in a state of anxiety that Jesus had left them. Basically, they lived with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They went to, you know, they slept in the same place that Jesus slept. They spent 24 seven with Jesus Christ and now he was gone. Yes. And they were left here to preach the gospel themselves, to spread the gospel. Yes, they were in a state of anxiety. What did Jesus say? He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I am going to send back the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, to comfort you, to teach you, to lead you unto all truth. The Holy Spirit, which is not going to speak Unless it is spoken by God. The Holy Spirit speaks nothing unless it is spoken by God. Basically, it's the Holy Spirit that created God. When God spoke out of his mouth and said, let there be light. Who performed that light? It was the Holy Spirit. When he said, let there, the, when he created the firmament, the stars, when he created the earth, let there be. When he spoke out of his mouth, who answered that call? Who answered the voice of God as the scripture tells us in the book of Psalm? It says that the angels, they, they adhere to the voice of the word of God. The word of God, the words that comes out of God's mouth, the angels adhere to that. So the Holy Spirit, when God spoke and said, let there be, the Holy Spirit went to work and made it so. That is the, that is the power 
that raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit, which we've already talked about, that we can have and we can have it free of charge. The Holy Spirit can live on the inside of us. All we have to do is ask for it. All we have to do is live a, a, a holy life, live a righteous life in Jesus Christ, uh, in God. And we can have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We can have the Holy. Jesus said that he sent the Holy. He sent back the comforter. He left the earth, but he sent back the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells with us today on this earth. And you can have the Holy Spirit. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. You can have it. And that's what Paul was pursuing he was pursuing that same power the holy spirit paul wanted to share in the sufferings by the self-denial he denied himself that's another state of humility to deny ourselves and walk in humility and he became he wanted to become like jesus in death he hoped that one way or another he would experience the resurrection from the dead, in which he did, of course. Paul makes sure the believers know that he has not already achieved these things or that he has already reached perfection. Yeah, because resur resurrecting from the dead is perfection. Paul is making sure that the Philippian church understands he's making it clear that he has not already achieved these things he's working on it he has not reached perfection he's pressing forward he keeps trying to make Christ his own why because Christ made Paul his own Christ made us his own so it behooves us to make Jesus our own it behooves us to press forward to keep trying to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling as the King James Version states it. We have to continue to press. Forget all those things that are behind us. Forget about it. Forget about, you know, our before coming unto Christ, our um, the things that we accomplished in life. Uh, forget about our possessions and, and prideful ways. Forget all that. And press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. What is that prize? We're going to talk about that. Making Christ his own. Paul began to say, brothers and sisters, I know that I have not yet reached that goal. But there is one thing I always do. <laughs> Yeah, we already talked about this. Paul said, but there's one thing I always do. I forget about the past. I forget the past, the things that are behind me, and I stretch forward. I reach ahead. I keep trying. I keep reaching for the end, for the end of this race. I am reaching for the end of this race. We have got to make it to the end. Why? So we can receive the heavenly prize. What is that heavenly prize? For which God through Jesus Christ is calling us to. That is the prize 
of making it into the kingdom of God. Yes, that heavenly prize. That's what we want to do. That's why we are pressing. That's why we keep trying. That's why we need to forget what has happened in the past. We have to, that's why forgetting things that have happened in the past, say for instance, like forgiveness, we can throw forgiveness in here. We have to forget about what individuals have done to us. Why? And we have to press forward because forgiveness will keep us stuck. Forgiveness, unforgiveness. Let me say that right. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will keep us stuck in one place. You know, we're running a race and we're trying to make it to the end. But if we have unforgiveness in our heart, it makes us heavy. It makes us sluggish. It makes us stay in one place. So we have to forget about those things and we have to forgive and we have to continue to move forward. We have to continue to run the race. And that's just one example. There are many examples of the things that we have to forget about. We have to forget about those things. We have to forget about those material things that we once had that we don't have anymore. We have to forget about those things and we have to continue to press forward for the heavenly prize. Remember, we've talked about it, that this is not our home. Earth is not our home. We're just travelers through this land, our home. Uh, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. This is not our home. This is not our homeland. We are travelers. We will be leaving this place. Let me tell you, the Bible tells us it's appointed to man. Yes, it's appointed to man once to die. You have to die. We are all going to die regardless. Regardless of how we, you know, moan and groan when, um, I don't want to sound harsh, but when someone dies, we all got to go that direction. We all have to die. It is appointed to us to live and it is appointed to us to die. If this is not our home. We are wayfarers. We are travelers. Heaven is our home. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. So that is our prize. That is what we are pressing for. Why we are pressing for. That is what we are trying to reach. That is the goal. That is the goal to all of this. All of our trauma. All of our uh, um what, what did Jesus go through? All of our weaknesses, all of our limitations, all of our trials. Over all of that, our goal is to make it into heaven. And that's why we have to press. And Paul is telling the church at Philippi to press. Now, another quoted scripture, which we will read it in the King James Version. It is uh, chapter uh, verse 13b and verse 14. But this one thing I do. And this is another one for you to remember. Get it into your satchel of your weapons. Because sometimes we have to uh, talk to ourselves. We have to remind ourselves what the word of God say while we're on the battlefield. That's just like when you're on the battlefield, you have to take your water jug and, and you have to take something to eat. Well, this is your food. The scripture is your food. Jesus said that we don't live by bread alone. He told the devil this when the devil tempted him. He said, we don't man does not live by bread alone, but, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the scripture is your food while you are on the battlefield for God. 
the scripture states, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press. What does press mean? Somebody look it up for me. What does press mean? I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we're pressing for the prize and the prize is to make it to our heavenly home, which to make it to heaven. Basically, we want to go to heaven. That's our home. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. So our prize is to make it in. So we have to press. We have to work at it. We have to do everything in our ability to make it in. Because we don't want to suffer here on earth and then go to hell and suffer. I don't know about you, but I don't want to suffer here on earth and then open up my eyes in hell and suffer there throughout eternity. No, sir. No, ma'am. I do not want that. I want to live in the heavenly kingdom. Yes, I do, because I am a citizen of God. Now, Paul began to say, let all who are spiritually mature agree on those things. <laughs> Have the same attitude, basically. So, now we, talk, we talked about that spiritual maturity, didn't we not? Yes, we did. We have to become mature. He said, all those who are spiritually mature, you must agree on these things. You must have the same attitude. I don't know about you, but yeah, I have the same attitude. Why? Because I want to go to heaven. Yeah. We are learning. We are walking on this road. Remember, I said, I am walking. I'm not running. Not as, as of yet for, you know, certain, certain aspects certain aspects of the scripture, certain things of the scripture. I am learning how to accept and apply to my life, but I'm not there. I'm like Paul. Paul said, I am not, I have not reached perfection. Let's go back and read that. He said, I know that I have not yet reached the goal. He said, believers, know that I have not already achieved these things or that I have not already reached perfection. No, we have not reached perfection. We're still, still learning. We're still trying. We're still pressing. Yes. Yes, we are. But we are growing. We're growing in the spirit just by listening to these podcast we are growing in the spirit we are learning the word of god we are becoming spiritually mature and what did paul tell us to do he said you need to agree on these things everybody that's spiritually mature need to agree on these things we must have the same attitude as he had in other words we must press we must work at it we must do everything in our nature to make it to heaven. That means taking off things that are not pleasing to God. And that means putting on things that are pleasing to God. That means we have to stop doing things that are not pleasing to God. And we have to start doing things 
that are pleasing to God. We have to read the scripture. We have to pray. We have to be kind. Yes, we have to do these things. We have to have the same attitude. We have to love like Paul loved the Philippian church. Let me tell you, this man loved these people. My God from Zion, just to be loved like that. It's awesome. So we have to agree and we have to have the same mindset. If you happen to have a different attitude, listen to what Paul said now. <laughs> if you don't have this mindset, if you have a different attitude, rest assured that God himself will make it clear to you that you are of the wrong mindset. Yeah, Paul said God, God will make it make God going to let you know. In other words, I grin and I laugh because I always like to say that God will whip you. God will take out the switch. And if you don't know what a switch is, that's that's like you go out to say, for instance, you have a uh, 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 some kind of tree in your yard. And you pull off one of those um, one of those limbs, and you take all those leaves off of that limb that you just pulled off. You know, one of the skinny ones. <laughs> That's a switch. And what do you do with a switch? You beat those legs of those little people. Yeah, we got beat with switches. We got spankings. I guess that's a better word instead of beat. We got spankings with switches. And listen, we had to go get the switch ourselves. Go get me a switch is what my mom would say. So yeah, don't get the skinny one because that one hurts the worst. Anywho, God would take out a switch and say, listen here, you have the wrong mindset. You have the wrong attitude. Why? Because he chastises those whom he loves. That's scripture. God loves us. He loves us so much that he will chastise us. Now listen, if you, if your child uh, keeps going in the road to play and, you know, traffic is heavy that day and you continue to tell that child, don't go in the road, stay in the yard. Don't go in the road, stay in the yard. And that child continues to go in that road. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to chastise that child, aren't you? Why? Because you love him. So God does the same to us. He tells us, don't go down that road. That road is darkness. There's death at the end of that road. Don't go down that road. And we do it anyway. So, you know, like halfway down the road, he comes and he chastises us. He said, listen, I told you not to come down this road. Why are you here? Get back to the house. <laughs> Go in your room. <laughs> in our terms, I'm going to take your cell phone away from you. You cannot get on the computer. You cannot watch TV. Go in your room and pick up a book and read it. <laughs> we can be more familiar with that. But God will chastise us. And regardless, we must continue to live up to the standard that we have already achieved. We are already growing and we're already gaining spiritual, uh, spiritual maturity. So we have to keep that what we've already achieved. We don't want the devil to take it from us. Yes. 
we got to keep him. Now, in Paul's closing to chapter three, he began to say, brothers and sisters, you should all try to follow my example and watch closely those who live like enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. So Paul saying, follow his example, follow his example of humility, follow his example of love for God, follow follow his examples of the desire to know God, to know Jesus Christ. Excuse me. We have to follow his example. And he also said, why? Because he started out this chapter with beware of dogs. Beware of those people that are trying to distort uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He started out with that and he's ending with that. He's also saying closely. He said, watch closely those who live like enemies to the cross of Jesus. Watch them, mark them. If that person is not living or is an enemy to the cross of Jesus Christ, you don't want to have any dealings with that person. You don't want to be mean or inconsiderate, but you don't want to um, surround yourself with those type of people. Why? Because they, they don't have the mindset of you uh, that you have. They don't have the same goal as you. Your goal is to make it to heaven and their goal is to be an enemy of the cross. So we don't want to uh, intertwine ourselves with uh, people of that nature. And that's what Paul is telling us here today. He said, I have often told you about them. And with tears, Paul is sad. I tell you about them now. Paul is saying how that in the end, they will be destroyed. Yeah. They're walking down the wrong road. We're walking down the road to Jesus Christ. They're walking down the road to darkness. And if they don't ever decide to come to the road of light, which is God, Paul is saying, I'm very sad. I'm tearful about this. But in the end, they will be destroyed. They do whatever their bodies, their flesh, their Adam nature want to do. They are proud and arrogant and uh, haughty. They're proud of their shameful acts. They're proud of what they do, their evil and wickedness that they do. They're proud of that. And their glory is in their shame. And they think only about earthly things. They think only about themselves. They think only about earthly possessions, ways, earthly ways. They don't think about uh, the kingdom of God. They don't think about pressing toward the mark for the prize, the prize which is to make it in. They don't think about that. They think about things here upon this earth. They think like the earth is their home. The earth is not their home, honey. The earth is not our home. Everybody's going to leave here. Why? Because God said there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So we all got to leave here. Some of us are going to heaven. And I, I say us because I include myself in that. <laughs> we are going to heaven and some are going to hell. So nobody's going to be here. Yeah, and God is going to make a new earth. Yeah, 
Read it. It's in the scripture. Read it in the book of Revelations. Now, but our homeland, now we're getting there. Our homeland, our citizenship is in heaven. And we are waiting for our Savior to come from heaven to get us. I don't know about you, but we wait for Jesus Christ to bust those clouds, as we say in the Christian world. He's going to bust the clouds. But the scripture tells us in the book of Psalms that God, when he is wroth, he rides on the clouds. Yeah. He yeah, basically busts through the clouds. Yeah. I like that scripture. Anyway, our homeland, our citizenship is in heaven. And we are waiting for our Savior to come from the clouds. Uh, come from heaven. <laughs> I got clouds in my spirit now. <laughs> waiting for Jesus to bust the clouds. Yes, he is coming to get us. <laughs> By his power to rule all things, Jesus will change our bodies. Yes, he will. And make them like his own. We will be we will drop off this fleshly body and we will be a spirit being. Yes. When Jesus busts the clouds, but majority of us will not be here. <laughs> if you know about the revel. Uh, uh, anyway, I won't even get off on that because we're going to end this uh, podcast. But Jesus will change our bodies and make them like his own own and that just brings a smile to my face now what did i get out of chapter three well paul had no problem with teaching the same thing over and over again to the saints because the devil deceives us yes he does it is needful for the saints to be reminded over and over again and warned of god's word Back then, and especially today, many are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So we have to be told over and over again. You can find that in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, where the scripture reads in the King James Version. Now the spirit speaks expressively that in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed or giving ear to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So that means the spirits or demons are seducing the people of God away from the faith, which we will also talk about that in the deconstruction of the church, how people are falling away from their original faith in Christianity or their original faith in God. So, this scripture is telling us that the spirit, the spirit of God is speaking expressly is speaking that in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. And let me tell you, don't let it be you because I definitely don't want it to be me. And giving heed, giving ear to what the devil is saying, giving ear to the wiles of the devil and to the doctrines of devils. That means many false prophets, false prophets are speaking today and many are giving heed to that. So be, Paul is telling us to beware of these false teachers. And he's telling and, and that he's telling the church of Philippi to beware of those false teachers. But we today also, we have to beware of false teachers. Because back then they believed that the circumcision was required to gain salvation. God looks at the circumcision of a person's heart. 
the cutting away of sin and wickedness. Also, another thing that stood out to me, Paul's desire to serve Christ. He changed his mindset about everything. Why? Because he desired to have Christ or to know Christ just that much. He saw prestige and material possessions as nothing. Why? To gain Christ. Paul wanted to know Christ and the power that raised him from the dead. So as to minister the gospel with power. Paul wanted to minister the gospel with the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And we've already talked about that power. That is the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Bible also tells us in scripture, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by your spirit, Lord. It's by the spirit of the Lord that we do the things that we do in Christ Jesus. We don't have any power. We're, we're just mere humans. It's the Holy Spirit, that comforter that Jesus sent back to be with us. That is what's making, uh, uh, giving us the power to do the things for Christ that we do. Remember, the Holy Spirit, we already talked about it, is the, is, is the, uh, uh, the power that created when God spoke. The Holy Spirit is the power that brought it to pass or went into action to create the heavens and the earth. It was the Holy Spirit. And we have that same power. We just got to utilize it. Yes. And also I glean from this chapter that we have to press our way to the prize of God that he has for us in Jesus Christ. And if we don't, that for sure, God will let us know that we are not on the right path. And he will do it gracefully at first. He will do it gracefully. He will tell you, Alley Cats, you're on the wrong path. Alley Cats, that's wrong. Don't do that, Alley Cats. But if Alley Cats ignores what God is telling her, then he's going to bring out the switch. He's going to bring out that uh, belt. In other words, yeah, he's going to spank alley cats behind. Yeah. So God, he will remind us and he will do it gracefully at first. From my experience, listen, God will chastise us. Yeah, he's a loving God, but he's a God of all consuming fire as well. He will chastise you. Now basically Paul said mark uh, the people that walk according to the will uh, accordingly to the will of God. We need to mark God, God's people. We have to know who is a true believer. Why? Because there are so many in this world that are enemies of Jesus Christ. And I would like to say, try the spirit by the spirit. That's scripture. If you think someone, if you're confused or you can't really figure out if this person is truly uh, a lover of God, a believer, a true believer, try the spirit by the spirit. In other words, let's look at 1 John 4 and 1. The Bible said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Hmm. Believe not every spirit. 
but try the spirits whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So there are many, many people that are, how we say it, faking it. They're faking it. They're not true believers. They're not true lovers of God. And they're preaching the gospel or they're living for God. Or they come into the church. The devil sends his people into the church. To what? To deceive the people of God. Yeah, they are very bold. Satan and his tactics and his strategies and his plots and his plans, his schemes. He sends his representatives into the church and they act as though they are true Christians. You speak in tongue, they speak in tongue. You quote scripture, they quote scripture. But all the time, they're working a work against the people of God. So this scripture is very important. I want you to put 1 John 4 and 1 in your weaponry, in your bag of goodies. Mutter it, remember it, get it in your mind, hold on to it. Remind yourself daily because we're living in the last days. It states, beloved, John is calling us beloved. Believe not every spirit. That's very important. Believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. I say try the spirit by the spirit. If you got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to tell you if that individual or if that spirit that dwells on that person is of God or not. The Holy Spirit is just that king. Listen, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, the, the, the creator of the heavens and the earth. When God spoke it, the Holy Spirit went to work. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is the Holy Spirit. So try, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, is that person a true Christian or is that the devil in sheep's clothing? <laughs> is that the wolf? Is that a wolf in sheep's clothing? <laughs> Paul called them dogs. Is that a dog? Yeah, he called them dogs. Is that a dog or is that a true believer? Ask Holy Spirit, and I guarantee you, Holy Spirit will let you know. Amen and amen. Praise God. This is another conclusion to Sister Ellie Katz T, the book of Philippians, where the letter of joy, where Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi. He's admonishing them to live for Jesus Christ with everything in the inside of them. He's letting them know how much he loved them from the bottom of his heart. He's letting them know how much he loved Jesus Christ and how he wants to live in how he wants the church to live in unity, how he wants the church to live in humility, how he wants the church to live for Christ and to press 
toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ, which is our homeland to make it to heaven. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Yes, this is what Paul is telling us here in chapter three, the joy of living for Christ. And again, I thank you for listening to Sister Allie Katz's team. And I will talk to you soon. Love you guys.